0: Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 3, Episode 7.
1: Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me for the last time covering these TV episodes are Angela and Jean. Hello.
0: Hi. Hi, What are we talking about today, Angela? The final episode of A Discovery Witches, period. Oh, my God. It's been a journey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's been a
1: many-year journey. I know. Oh, my gosh. How long have we been doing this? Four years now? Yeah. I want to say four. Because we had a down year. We did have that down year. Was it because of COVID or Teresa's pregnancy? Oh, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'm just
2: thinking about all the years leading up to trying to get it on the screen. Oh, oh, gosh. I know.
1: I know. That's kind of how we got our life, yeah. the promise of it being on screen. Mm-hmm. So here we are, final journey journey as Man, far as the screen final is chapter of this book i know this last tv chapter book, of this book.
2: just everything crazy who thought we'd get here not
1: i said she but look we are here Time to live in the moment. All that sentimentality.
0: Let's move on anyway. Blah, blah, <laughs> Did we, blah, did blah, we at blah, least blah. rent a, a, a good car for this last episode? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. We're in the demon wagon. I was hoping you were going to say no. I'm like, that's so fitting if she says we no. Did, I did take it to the car wash. <laughs> oh, good. I mean,
1: I threw out all the freaking fruit roll-up packages <laughs> in the back. Yeah, well, I mean, There's that. We got rid of that. Anyway, let's have a Matthew drumroll for our last random. Patron sponsor of the TV Who's show was not so random. <laughs> was not so random this year. We went with our tried and true patrons, so we have chosen this one specifically. Drum roll, please! Yay! We have chosen Stephen Close. Yay!
2: Gene, do you want to tell our audience why we've chosen him? It's only appropriate that our very first supporter closes out this very last chapter of our TV era. Yes.
1: He was kind of our first active discusser. Yes. He's our discusser in chief. And that's why every time we talk, we like, we wonder what Stephen has to say about that. <laughs> and he'd write right back. So yes, he was the one that kept us going for a while before there was a whole cadre of folks listening in to us. I think he might have been like listener number five beyond our families and shit. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So thank you, Stephen. Thank you for sticking with us. We still hear you. We love your occasional emails. Just showing us that you still listen. And yeah, anyway. uh, More sentimentality. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now for a disclaimer. In this episode, we are only talking about what is presented to us on screen. Episode seven of A Discovery of Witches. Beyond that, we will not talk about book spoilers. We will not talk about future episodes because they don't exist. (laughs) We will not. uh, Angela, help me out. What what else? What else are we not going to do?
0: It's easier to say what we will do in the spoiler zone, probably. Sure. Say that. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about all those all the books the story as a whole in the also series now yeah. we may even go back and talk about um, all the episodes so if for some weird reason you're listening to this episode which is the last episode in this in the season but we're still gonna talk about one through six of, yeah. the, t- of the TV show so everything goes everything goes okay it's
1: a free-for-all okay so this is an attempt i i forgot that word but this is an attempt we will attempt it we've been pretty good this season only a few slip-ups here and there but if if you don't know you don't know but if you know you know and shh, don't tell the other listeners it's fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now let's talk about Patreon. This episode is sponsored by Stephen and all of our other patrons who throw their money at us so we can use it wisely and reinvest it into our podcast so we don't sound like we're talking into toy microphones or <laughs> in a bathroom or we are at different levels. Listen, honestly, if you're seriously curious, go back and listen to episodes, I'd say one through 10. Yeah. You don't want to hear us like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to hear us like that that anymore. We won't even go back to hear ourselves like that anymore. (laughs) I'm scared. I don't want to hear it. So in order to do that, we need the proper equipment. We need proper apps. We have to pay for web space. We have to pay for media hosting. The difference between web space and media space, media space is where the actual audio file goes up so everybody can download it, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, all the other little apps. There's like a hundred of them. We're on all of them. Maybe there's one obscure app we're not on, but we're on all the major ones. So, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, that's where you get us from. And it wouldn't be possible if we didn't have a proper web host who pushed our episodes out to everybody. So, there's that. Why would someone want to become a patron, Gene?
2: Well, once we wrap up our, our TV coverage, we are going to go on a hiatus and mm-hmm. we will only be doing after shows for a while. So, for $2 a month, you will keep up with us on our after shows. As you move up the levels, we have swag we have t-shirts we have tote bags buttons depends on what valerie's coming up with and like i still need to do that (laughs) every every other week well you've got to come up with some new ones every other week you get us in your ears
1: i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but hopefully you think it's good so yeah
2: apparently a lot of people do because they're paying two bucks to heroes that's true
1: so if you guys are interested go to patreon.com slash demons discuss so that ends that. Are you ready to start this wagon this one last time for a while? Yes.
2: Yeah. Last time just to go through the drive-in. Yep. Going to okay. The drive-in. Opening scene episode 7. Here
1: we are, last episode. We're at Septour. The whole household has turned into a command post for Matthew's search and rescue. And then Baldwin enters. What do you guys think about this? And Diana was like, "No, I asked him to come. So, he needs to hear this."
2: My first thing was, okay, so we we called in Baldwin because we need his help. And it's like all the things he starts going over at first, it's like, whoa, why didn't Isabel notice any of
1: this? Right. <laughs> I mean, Benjamin has been plotting this for centuries. Yeah. Centuries. Baldwin's relay that he just found out that Gerbera had been plotting this with
2: Benjamin with yeah. the intention of taking things over at the congregation this whole time. Yeah, I was just shocked that Isabel didn't recognize Philippe's watch. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, right. that was like the thing that really pulled me out of the scene. is like, why wouldn't Isabel recognize that watch since I think the inscription sort of implied that she gave it to him? Yeah.
1: And that uh, Matthew's being held now in Poland, uh, which is now known as Poland, in a hospital mm-hmm. in a town called Helm. And that's where Philippe was captured and tortured during World War Two. So there's a lot of information that Baldwin has to impart to his audience. Yeah, he's an info dump. <laughs> Random Septur <laughs> residents at the time. So they're all like, Oh what? No, oh no, stop. Okay, I guess we're gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it was a lot. So there's yeah. that. We're in a new scene right now. Diana, she's steadfast. She's like off to the helicopter. She's off to the rescue. Yes. Not not on goddamn VIP, but one of its baby sisters. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, no,
2: the thing that I thought was weird was that like moment of tenderness between Baldwin and Isabel was jarring. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well not really in the TV show. Isabel had never shown any real hate towards Baldwin in the book? It seemed like she hated him,
2: yeah. Maybe part of it to me was so jarring. It's like it, this Baldwin doesn't remind me at all of Philippe, yeah. No, but we'll talk about that in the spoiler zone. So it was kind of yeah. like, okay, it okay. just it was jarring to me. It,
0: it's and it's jarring because the last time we see a scene with them together, Isabeau and Baldwin, she's like, bye, you know, just like dismissing him, yeah, boy, bye, you, you cleared out the castle, you asshole, right? Fuck. Yeah,
2: because there, there wasn't a lot of love lost between them earlier the season, than all of a sudden it's like oh my beloved son kind of I mean that was almost a Matthew bow moment which yeah. is why it was so jarring to me right
1: yeah after Diana steps on the helicopter we enter into the opening theme music so here we are
2: there's like some new Palimpsest images in the mm. last oh open. you noticed some okay yeah, there's a couple of new ones including the Rockham Sockham I'm the Incredible Hulk busting through the wall from <laughs> episode 6
0: right? right before we move on because I'm just thinking about Isabel and Baldwin again I don't know it doesn't seem like it's portrayed because you're thinking of I'm, I'm thinking of the motivations behind the way they react to each other so mm-hmm. Isabel is all tender because she's like, oh, thank you so much for coming to rescue Matthew or attempting to rescue right. Matthew. And she's not saying this, but I'm, I'm picturing this is what she's thinking. And uh-huh. then Baldwin's motivation isn't because like that I know of like, oh, I want to go rescue Matthew because he's my brother in a declarement. He's like, now what Domenico told me, I don't want Giorbert to seize the power. So I got to do this. Right. I got to keep yeah, the fucking that's power.
2: That's another
0: reason it's kind of. Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, OK. Hmm.
1: That's an interesting perspective. I don't think I've saw it that way. Yeah,
0: Right. And then like maybe you're led to believe like they're all mushy gushy, like, oh, we're but we're right. all good now. Again, it might just be another way of
2: tightening up and shoving everything mm-hmm. in that needs to be shoved in.
0: Yeah. Right. Like well, you said, like,
2: there weren't the three steps. No. <laughs> so, new scene. The third time's a job. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> in this hospital in Helm, Matthew's laying on this tilted torture table. I wouldn't call it a chair exactly because it it's doesn't a gurney. look very... Yeah, it's kind of a gurney. Yeah,
2: it looks like something from... A yearly appointment, Gurney. There's no stirrups, though. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing (laughs) that was missing was the stirrups, but it was still a torture table.
1: (laughs) Benjamin is observing Matthew's heart. He's saying it's slowing down and tells Matthew that his blood could revive him, meaning Benjamin's blood can revive him. Matthew is babbling in French because it seems they wanted to make torture sexy here. (laughs) Turns out out he's praying. And Benjamin notes that Matthew is a pious vampire and wonders out loud what
2: it would take to drive his faith out. So, and Benjamin's a little cruel. I mean, horrible. Well, I think we are. Already covered that in the last episode. Matthew pretty much told him how yeah. old he was. But I what he should have killed him.
1: What? He should have killed him. Should've <laughs> killed him. Matthew, what? okay. All right. At set tour. Mart and Isabeau are putting the babies to rest, and Gerber shows up and huh, Mart's looking at Isabeau, and Isabel's like, Oh no, I'll I'll handle him. So let's listen to a clip of that.
3: I will deal with him. Isabel is waiting for you. I'm here as a friend. Such a strange sound. Children's hearts beating, unlike any others I've heard.
2: And then what did you guys think about this convo? Oh, this was one of the best scenes in the series, the series three, I thought. I had a question for you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gerber and Isabeau used to hunt witches together. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think there was more going on there at one point in time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Me yeah. too. I
0: don't I don't see why not. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: um, Gerber wanted Isabeau at one time. And does it just come down to that? You just getting back at Philippe because...
2: Yeah, I think it's that simple. It's The, the simple explanation is usually the right one. Yeah. Occam's
1: razor. Let's apply Mm -hmm. it here. Absolutely.
2: And and can I also bring up uh, the grace notes in this whole scene are just Mm -hmm. what really sells it from the way Trevor like whips his coat off and just sort of like he almost drops it expecting that Mark's going to catch it. Mm -hmm. There was so much hubris and dismissiveness just in the way he took his coat off. It, It said so much about that character in that moment. And plus, I just thought it was really cool the way he managed it. Yeah, it's true. <sighs> and, and the way they ended up on the couch together towards the end and Isabel looked right at, I mean, and it was so intimate. It was almost like they were right on the precipice of kissing and then she was yeah, kissed the, him off.
0: The angles. Yeah, yeah. The yeah angles. I was going to say, too, it the, the camera angles were exquisite and I, obviously they felt like they needed to have this angle because of, Uh despite all the COVID protocol. So they held off, but they're like, no, for this one, we're going to go for it.
2: Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And and the way it was framed is something that you more typically see in an intimate moment between lovers. And it was almost like, I think your question was well-placed, Valerie, because they wanted me to have that question. Yeah, they were showing you the history of these two characters just in the way they framed that shot. That there was more between the two of them at one point in time. Although at the end, I was also laughing to myself, thinking that's a really weird way Way to propose to the lovely widow, Gerber. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, Gerber is like you're a better vampire than this, and I can make sure you're protected. That it just seems so intimate, like mm-hmm.
2: yeah, you Look know, at me getting my sexy vampire on, right? And it would have worked too. I, I would. I'd be like, okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's me. Yes, yes Daddy. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Isabel turns around and says,
1: "I know what you did to Philippe."
0: I know yep. it and do you think that this is our musings, but do you think that Jabert is capable of caring? Would Isabel have been a jewel in his crown? Or does he care for her or both? Or neither? I think he it- I think he cares cares. because
2: the look on his face when she turned around and slapped him with I know what you did. Yeah. It's almost to me I read it as he's kind of dumbfounded that she would think so poorly of him. Not not even It wasn't (laughs) even like a look on his face like oh shit I got caught. After all we've been through baby. You're going to (laughs)
0: assume that's true. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean. I mean. (laughs) At the end you know Javier's like okay I gave you a chance. Yeah. You could have had all of this baby. (laughs) 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 Ha (laughs) Ha 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 we're like, pick okay. me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Audience, I have to say, this is speculation on our parts. <laughs> Don't take it to heart if you're like, ew, no. no. Okay.
2: We'll talk about this more later. We'll talk about it more
1: later. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now scene. seen the crew arrives at Helm and Baldwin, Marcus, Miriam, Fernando, Galglass, and Diana are there. And the vampires, mainly Baldwin, sense two vampire heartbeats and Baldwin relays that one of them is weak and there's a warm blood present. Uh warm blood heartbeat as well. So we learned in the last episode, Satu was there offering her assistance, and mm-hmm. she sure did. I mean, she took Matthew down yep. and diana leads the charge down the stairs they run into matthew strapped on a table and baldwin's about to approach but it's a fake out spell so diana's like nope (laughs) uh the fake matthew's asking to be killed to be taken out of his misery and then Satu's voice speaks to her mind and she's like saying shit and you hear babies crying and Satu says diana they will all die here and Diana decides to cast a spell to block the crew from following her, and I love that. And Baldwin's like, Diana, no, you, you need... Our support. What are you? She's like? I got this. Mm-mm. This bitch is mine. Fuck her. Yeah. And when you turn around and you pan back, you see Gal Glass try to feel it. Yeah. And then Marcus has got kind of a. Oh yeah, maybe I'll try to get through. <laughs> oh,
0: <I know>. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. I thought the special effects weren't bad, but when I saw Matthew with the heart hanging out of his chest, I'm like, Brecken had that Halloween costume where the <laughs> you yeah. like pump it, it beats. <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't even as
2: involved as the season one heart ripping out with Juliet. Yeah, yeah the makeup wasn't even in that elaborate but maybe it, since it was the fake out yeah it's true i guess they felt th- they felt they could make the fake out look fake
1: and since diana said this is my battle and the viewer is like is this it is this a big witch battle and um hey let's listen and see <laughs> yeah
3: Beware the witch with the blood of the lion and the wolf
2: The book would have never revealed itself to you. Our power is a lifeblood of all witches' magic. An incredible
3: gift. We had in common.
2: We could have been the greatest allies, you and I. But instead, You chose to use your power to destroy. I bind you, Satsu Jarvan, delivering you into the hands of the goddess without power,
3: Orca.
1: So we see Matthew with Cradles. We assume this is another enchantment. And after Diana says, Show yourself, Satu. And Satu's sitting there all calm and waiting for her. And then Satu's like, Give me the book. And Diana's like, I am the book. But, you know, she said it calmly. (laughs) (laughs) But if it were me, I'd be like, I am the book, bitch. What? (laughs) But no, she was just like, I am the book. "Hmm." Satu brings up the force of fire through her hands. And it appears like she's using every bit of energy she has. You can see her struggle and Diana is just calmly she starts bringing up some threads with her hand just going in a spool and I was so amazed on how calm she was she puts out Satu's fire and Satu's getting jerked around and I'm like Oh, well, Satu, I guess you weren't right. <laughs> I guess your Weaver school was a little bit lacking. And she extinguishes Satu's fire. She calmly binds Satu. She's like, oh, Satu Yarvin and I bind you. And I'm like, holy shit. This wasn't a battle at all. There yeah, was no yeah, competition. Again, she quick. was cowering in the corner. Right? Yeah. She calmly binds Satu. No torture, no revenge. She just binds her. I mean, Satu fucked around and found out. So here we go. I mean, it was- just yeah. like, sorry, Satu, you can't use your powers anymore because you're bad. Uh, anyway, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> she didn't anyway. do well too too much on the whole being judge, jury, and, and sort of a executioner, and just.
1: All right. Yeah. All right. I'm done. Exactly. I'm good. And then her next target, Mrs. Benjamin. She's counting up to the 10th knot. This is where she's like, she just hones in on Benjamin. And you see the montage of her counting and all the scenes from the beginning when she first opened the book, her weaving her spells, the tree, everything. I thought that this was a great review yes. mm-hmm. of the three
2: seasons. Culmination. Yeah.
1: Philippe's arrow glows on her chest. Did you guys notice yes. that? Yes. And then she ties the tenth knot which happened to be a circle and then a bow and arrow appears and Benjamin's about to strike and he looked like he's like oh I'm gonna get you bitch but Just, yeah no she had a bow and arrow and she <laughs> shot him. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> done. So done. That's the end of that. Benjamin no more. He's now crusty old bones on the floor. I
0: I got my interview with the vampire Crispy that I wanted Juliet to be. He he,
1: (laughs) he did not disintegrate,
0: but I did get the Crispy.
1: You got the Crispy. So there you go. That was satisfying. Then she actually finds Matthew and then they bring him home. And another visual montage, Isabel gives him her blood. Baldwin prays. Hamish reads to him. And I just thought this was nice. This was Mm -hmm. like...
2: Although Baldwin praying was weird to me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Being Roman was, being Roman, it was like, Mm. no, he didn't. He was never a Christian. He yeah. was never a monotheist. Let's say that. Yeah. It
0: was odd to me, but then I just kind of justified it like, well, maybe he's honoring Matthew, going to his church, his God. His church, right. Yeah. And saying, all right, uh, I don't know how to talk to you in here, but uh, if you can help,
1: that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah,
2: But I guess for me, the reason it just, it was odd because of the voiceover that Greg was doing from Rilke from Sonnet 6 kind of made it, as the first words are coming through, it almost sounds like Baldwin's Christian praying. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that, that's yeah. kind of why I was like, and then I realized, oh, wait, that's Hamish speaking. And that's mm-hmm. a real key poem. And you see Diana laying with him,
1: sitting up with him at night. I mean, we get a sense that time is passing. But at one point, Diana's asleep in a chair and you see this hand on her shoulder and he says, Moncour. And I'm like, oh, Matthew's whole again. Nice. Yeah, that, he bounced back fast.
0: Well, and why did Marcus come in and then he like just shook his head? I don't know. Maybe that was at the halfway point and there
1: everyone's like, hey, is he whole again? And <laughs> No, so that it.
0: was a not yet, not a, not a no, <laughs> not, a, not a no, not. A,
1: oh shit, he's. They dead. needed
2: a couple more montage scenes there between Marcus shaking his head and, and the hand on the shoulder. I think, yeah, <laughs> it's an like extra thirty seconds of. Uh, this one was like, praise Jesus, he's alive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? it's like, well, that was especially
0: fast. after Marcus is like.
1: uh uh-uh. uh uh, well, maybe, duh.
0: maybe it was a nod to Lazarus. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I doubt it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I, told you, I can justify. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get through a lot of shows. <laughs>
1: All right. So the next scene we see him and Hamish. Playing chess, Diana walks in with Sarah's herbal healing tea, and Matthew's like, "All right, she doesn't know who she's dealing with." I don't drink tea, first of all. Where's the good shit? Where's the wine? <laughs> oh, I'm imagining him saying that. I don't fucking yeah. tea. Anyway, yeah, she, she asks who's winning, and mm. uh, Matthew's like, "Me." And she looks at Hamish. She's like, "Yeah, go easy on him." Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's <laughs> they're like,
2: sad. "I don't need the tea that tastes like ass right now."
1: They're all together and Chris is there and they're explaining the demon DNA. And ultimately, the conclusion is by forcing them to live separately, they were weakening. I mean, okay, so I'll put a clip in here to I I mean, that's all I got from that scene, but I'll put a clip in so we can listen to the whole drama of it.
2: When Diana told us the book of life says that we're all linked, Chris and I went back and compared Diana's DNA to other creature DNA. That's when Matthew made the connection.
3: It unlocked a new perspective. There it is. In the creature chromosome. Hiding in plain sight. What is? You have demon DNA. And so do I. You have demon blood. Many of us do. To varying degrees, dependent upon whether your demon ancestor was 20 generations ago or more recently.
0: It
2: also happens to be the key to blood rage. How? If a vampire with the blood rage gene size a human being with enough demon DNA,
1: blood rage manifests itself.
3: I mean, the overall prevalence of demon DNA has decreased over time. But it is the reason that I was afflicted. And Benjamin. And Jack.
2: The Book of Life says that weavers are descended from... from which demon unions.
3: It's also the reason that you were able to conceive our children, our prideborn. You said witches' powers were waning and vampires could no longer sire and demons were suffering endemic mental health collapse. correlates directly to the decline in demon DNA across all creature groups. You see, by forcing us to live separately, the Covenant was slowly destroying us.
2: I guess maybe at some point in time, we'll consult with Dr. Shelling and get her view yeah. on this because yeah. <laughs> it seemed like an awful quick... Easy explana- explanation. Explanation. And then the whole, all oh, Weavers are just witch and demon married. Oh, we'll talk about it in the
1: spoilers zone yeah. because, you know, the book explanation was slightly different, but it was still along the same vein. And then Baldwin and Matthew talk, and I thought this was a good talk between the two of them. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of this?
0: I, don't, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I bought the explanation, actually. And then for TV yeah. viewers, I thought it was good. You know, you're trying to wrap it up and he's giving a a plausible explanation. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and and they come together and actually end up coming up with a plan together, which I liked.
1: It was good. Did you get the feeling that Matthew and Baldwin would get along better after this?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I did too. I think that the show wanted to wrap up that little bow.
0: Yeah, and I almost feel yeah. like not that Philippe was an enemy, but I feel like they realized like how Philippe could be, and they could they could that could be their common ground that Philippe wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. and they could they were both made to do things that maybe they shouldn't have done or didn't want to yeah. do. Yeah.
2: But Philippe just saw the means in the end. He knew what had to be done. I also get the feeling that Philippe wasn't necessarily very... Generous with his compliments, yeah. and yeah. perhaps never affirm anyone's strengths.
1: So Baldwin and Matthew are fucked up and need therapy.
2: <laughs> exactly, and the family could probably get a big discount for group therapy.
0: <laughs> but there, there lies the flaw. You know, if if Philippe's not forthcoming with compliments or affirming strengths, or you know, even sharing a plan with everybody, if he's only moving certain no. pieces and you only know what you need to know, trying to live as you think Philippe wants things done makes it flawed. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. True. That was the one problem in his long game is like he didn't let anybody into what it actually was.
1: All right. So the next scene, both Baldwin and Matthew are with Diana and Diana's to meet with the congregation as the DeClaremont representative. And she's like, uh, but I'm not a vampire. Ah, nope. You just have to be a de Clermont, and you are a de Clermont, So mm-hmm. what's up? So now Diana is there. They send her to Venice. It was weird seeing her on that boat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she's on the boat regardless. Agatha gives a little side smile when she shows up in the chamber. And, you know, they have the key ceremony and everything. And the
2: meeting begins. Well, the key ceremony was great because Gerber was already pissed. Yeah. Oh, he was hot. He was really hot here.
1: And Linda Crosby is on the congregation, if you guys remember. The witch from London. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Diana says... Hey, I'm going to move to get rid of this thing, but I'm going to put a clip in here so you can hear the whole thing.
3: So, the Declaremonts have bowed to the congregation's demand. You have brought us the witch. Jabal? I am not the de Claremont representative today.
2: I am. Baldwin has recognized me as a blood-sworn daughter of Philippe de Claremont.
1: What did you guys think when she opened the book in the center of the uh, chamber and the tree came up? Did you feel like that tree was giving everybody knowledge? Because I didn't. I was like, no. they're all looking at this tree. And I'm like, if I were standing <laughs> there in the congregation, I'd be like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very self-explanatory at no, all. No,
1: but I mean, they have her voiceover. They're saying she's like, oh, we're all part of one of another and, you know, demons, this. It was very kumbaya. And I'm just like, oh, and everybody's just supposed to understand this. This is yes.
2: fine. This is good. Yeah. It wasn't much different than Jabir's mansplaining, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I I was just like, okay. Could it have been a disembodied voice? And I mean, should it have been a disembodied voice? Like a goddess? believe so. Yes. Well, I felt
1: like... You know how Diana was that last episode where she was just kind of like, "I have all the knowledge now, now I'm walking around like a crazy demon." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no. I, I feel like maybe her voice was supposed to be the disembodied voice, but I don't think it worked out very well to convey that all of these creatures standing in this chamber now get it because this tree has yeah. grown out of this it, book. It was
2: just it was just Diana yapping. It wasn't it yeah. wasn't the message of the the book wasn't conveying its message to each and every one of them, which I would think as a magical book. Like you mm-hmm. said, it so maybe she should have been more trance like It should have been more trance like It should have been because she was more trans-like in well. Sorry, spoilers. I'll never mind. But mm. we'll <laughs> talk about the more trans-like later on. But yeah, I think that would have been more effective to convey that it wasn't Diana's message. It was the message. The it message. was the message from the book that they've all wanted for so long. Yeah, because everybody thought the book was something different. She puts the book in the middle, and the tree comes out. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's the Lost Book of Spells." Oh, it's it's our origins. Oh, and it's like, I think a disembodied voice, like you said, would have been more effective because it would have been the book explaining to each of them how their perception of what the book was, was wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed
2: to Diana just giving a speech to rally the troops. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. I guess I'll accept that. But I, I mean, if I was a creature in that <laughs> congregation, I'd be like, okay, so you made a tree grow out of the fucking book. Yeah, I agree with you. How do I don't even know that's the book because it's fucking blank pages. Yeah. Um, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: maybe like I'm the, a skeptic
1: <laughs> I mean, the lack just,
2: of sc- the lack of skepticism in that whole chamber is kind of astounding <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's like could you maybe put some special effects and see everybody getting kind of moved or blasted and they're all have yeah. a look of recognition and understanding or the, the, in their face. Roots-
2: roots re- reaching to everybody's feet. And...
1: Yeah, that yeah. would make sense to me. And I thought
2: they were going to do that. In fact, the way the, the roots were creeping up to, was it your shoes? Oh, I do have a question though.
1: Yeah. Who was that other black lady besides Agatha that kept showing her like she was sitting on the chamber?
2: I think she was Satu's replacement. I thought Linda was. Linda was Peter's replacement. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. So Satu's replacement. I'll take it. That's that's, a, that's the best
2: I got. All right, all right. I'll take it because Sigismund's just—he <laughs> was less. He seemed a little less ethical there for a minute.
1: Yeah, I know. He's like, <laughs> hmm. are you are gonna have a uh, change of heart here, ethical witch dude. I mean, he was like, maybe we should take our time and think about this, and maybe make some gradual changes. Well, and... he,
2: with Peter out of the way, he he finally got to do some mansplaining of his own.
1: I know. Yeah. <laughs> I could take it from him better than Peter, though. He's less True. angry. <laughs> True. (laughs) So now we're in a scene. I guess that's a church where Matthew's carving away at something Mm -hmm. and Jack walks up and Matthew's like, hey how you doing? And Jack's like, hey, I'm doing okay. I'm following your tips and tricks. You know, I got this <laughs> blood <and> rage.
0: <laughs> I got this
1: blood
2: rage down pat. We're good. Those life, those life hacks you're giving me are really yeah, working out. Right. They're
1: really working out. I'm now this chill out, even cool dude. Occasionally I lose my mind, but you know, it's I'm working on all it. Good. It's all good. And, and Matthew's like, I am too. You know, hey, you taught me a lot too. What's up? I like that Matthew said, I love you. I Jack. love that. I, I know. know. I know. That's like,
0: Aww. Because he's like I the wishes I- like you think it's gonna be done. He's like, Jack, I love you.
2: I know. I wish I would have given that to Marcus too, though. Marcus must have know.
0: He didn't give him "I love you," but he gave him a pat on the shoulder and I and I'm sorry in New Orleans, which was yeah. Also yeah big. I know.
1: <laughs> You're good. You know I love you, right? But I'm not going to say that.
2: It's that whole time the eldest child and the baby. Yeah. Although, although Marcus is like the classic middle child, left to fend for himself. <laughs>
1: I mean, the oldest child turned out to be a psychopath.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Good point. <laughs> Well, he's the oldest. Uh, Marcus is the oldest child now. He's yeah. been promoted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I like that. I love you, Jack. So that was mm-hmm. good. Matthew. Okay. Hey, you're all right. <laughs> the The bit with the... Oh, right. Okay. So Jack hands Matthew the miniatures. And these miniatures, and I know we discussed in another episode, are way better than ones in season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way better. They're different, too. Because I don't know who did season two, season two's miniatures, but (laughs) these were. These are way
2: better. <laughs> I think they did... The season two was not expecting them to... Maybe they weren't expecting to use them quite as much as they ended up using them in season three and realized that they needed to be more detailed. Yeah. I'll, just, yeah. I'll put it that way. They, they they needed to really look like miniatures instead of a locket with cast photos shoved in them.
1: Was he wearing a locket in season two's versions of the miniatures? I don't think he was wearing I don't a locket. That, no. 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 But in the, the season three... He was wearing the locket and he was holding the locket just like the original Man on Fire one. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Diana definitely looked more loose and free like she was supposed to. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like she was supposed to. Relaxed. Relaxed. (laughs) Intimate. I don't know what those other things were, but okay. (laughs) Thank you for fixing them. Whoever was in charge. They were so
2: busy doing everything else that they didn't have enough
0: time to really vote. Yeah. To doing the miniatures. It was the reverse of, remember the poor sweet nun who tried to restore the Jesus fresco? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It was the reverse of that. So they upgraded it. I kind of
1: like that one now, though. (laughs) I know.
0: It kind of looks like a
1: sock monkey. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. So now back in the chambers in the congregation, they vote on the Covenant and it's overturned by Domenico's vote because he's just like, yeah, nah, bruh. <laughs> yeah, nah, Mm-mm. So Diana gives her clothing speech and we'll insert that here.
2: This will be a new beginning for all of us. For too long, the power has rested in the hands of the same privileged few. We've all been guilty of acting in our own best interests failing to listen to those who had the least amount of power, who lack advocacy. We need a new leader, someone who will give a voice to those who have been most overlooked and excluded by life under the covenant. Agatha.
3: I second that.
2: All those in favor.
1: is the congregation leader now. How do you guys Yay! feel about that? I think the reasoning was perfect. We watched her throughout these three seasons handle everybody on that congregation. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And For sure. I believe this character deserves it because oh, definitely. Yes. She's the most fair person to deal with everybody and level-headed and level-headed and hey you guys need us demons so watch your shit
2: yep and that's it and then there's poor little Gerber standing all by himself <laughs> i know everybody else is congratulating agatha and i, I just know being pouty pete sorry
1: dude i like okay we'll talk about it in the spoiler zone but i like that diana walks out and yep She's done. Her shit's done. Mm-hmm. She she went to do a thing. She did the thing. The person, right person's in charge, and a new world. You know, here we go. And she doesn't have to hear
2: about answering her fucking emails. Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we get Matthew's voiceover, reminiscent of season
3: one. It began with absence and desire. It began with blood. fear. It began with the discovery of witches. Once again our world is full of wonder. We creatures are re-emerging. Years of oppression, fear and prejudice are fading. we come together. For there is a new vision, a new world. One that rights the wrongs of the past and acknowledges the sacrifices that have been made by those along the way. and for every soul we have lost in our fight. We've found the strength to move forward as their legacies live on. Because as my father used to say, in every ending, there is a new beginning.
0: That gave me chills. I love that. I thought that was a great bookend. No pun intended. I love that. Marcus gave Phoebe the
2: emerald ring.
1: Yes. Nathaniel and Sophie and Margaret are home. Domenico takes a seat at a
2: desk. He's like, oh, shit. He's got an office now. I know. He's
1: like, oh shit! I I, I
2: rate a desk now. All right. <laughs> and he has like the, the nifty little like lizard sculpture or paperweight or whatever that was. I thought that was kind of fun. He's like, yeah, that's right, bitches. I got, got a desk got knick-knacks. now. He's got a desk
1: and he's got knickknacks. You come see me, bitches. Fine. And Phoebe and Marcus are are engaged. And like you said, with the Emerald Ring, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And Miriam and Chris are making goo-goo eyes. I like that. So we we, we get the hint that there's a future there. Matthew has carved a memorial for Hugh for Fernando. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Galglass and Matthew give a big bro hug and off Galglass goes wherever he actually goes on his motorcycle so we can assume yep. he's on his way. No longer to cause trouble for Diana or we don't get to witness his tattoos anymore. So, nope. Goodbye Galglass. Have a good life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah is doing something in memoriam to Emily, I assume. I guess she's taking mm-hmm. off a necklace and there's
2: something happening there, but I couldn't. It was the two, the that amulet that she always tapped when she did her spell work. Yeah. And, oh, right. And right. Sarah had one as well. And she took it off. Yeah. That was ceremonial and the them both thing. up together. Maybe it's like witches' wedding rings. I don't know. Maybe. It could be. I don't know. It's, see, that's what it felt like mm. to me. That what She's she did finally was... letting
1: go. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. And then Baldwin and Isabeau stand over Philippe's crypt and comfort each other, which was a nice scene, I yes. thought. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. And then Diana writes in a book. And the first time I watched it, I've watched this twice. First time Mm -hmm. I watched it, I was like, oh, she's writing in a book. Oh, but there's dancing. But this time I actually took time to transcribe what was written. So I shall say it now. You tell. Please tell us. We will give them the future and remember their names. Endings, beginnings, change. Here contains the lineage, most ancient, bright, borns, born to Diana Bishop, a weaver and last of her line, and Matthew, Gabriel, Philippe, Bertrand, Sebastian de Clermont, a blood rage vampire and first of his scion. Their love began with absence and desire, two hearts becoming one. Their children's names are Rebecca, Ariel, Emily, Mart, Bishop Clermont, Philip, Michael, Addison, Sorley, Bishop Clermont. Their story remains to be written. And that was the end. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. And they flashed it so quick. I'm pretty sure nobody read it, but I actually freeze framed it so you guys could hear it. You're welcome. Thank (laughs) you.
2: And then they dance. And they dance. It was lovely. It was lovely. And, And Emily and
0: Philippe show up. See, I missed that. I missed where they showed well, up. It was so quick. It was like uh, yes. Back to the Future where he was like fading in and out. It was very quick mm-hmm. like that. Yes. I have
1: to go back and look. So.
0: Yes, it, it, I think it was a last minute decision
2: just given some of the technical issues with the execution. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at it. I yes. have no opinion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you said his head was chopped off though, Gene.
2: There, there were some problems with the overlay for the Photoshop of Philippe that they used because they overlaid it onto the Czech Board wall and for some reason where the checkerboard met, uh-huh. part of his head disappeared and it was literally in the shape of the corner of the checkerboard square <laughs> oh shit <laughs> it was bad it was bad
1: okay I'll, I'll definitely take a look at that yeah so as we're tangoing out of here that is the end what is your final thoughts about this episode i thought it was a good
0: close yes, yes. and Matthew Good's narration at the end. I, I really like that. It really was a great touch. Oh, that was so perfect. I mean, it brings yeah, us back perfect. to hearing the Full opening circle. scenes at All Souls Con Philadelphia. Oh, yes. oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It, it gave is. me
2: chills, to be honest. I, I, I thought that was one of the little grace notes for the fans, I think. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good.
1: And you guys ready for the spoiler zone? I mean, I hate to let this go, but we, we got to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's, we'll be talking about stuff in the future. And, yeah, yes, otherwise we definitely it's going to be
2: the Irish goodbye. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, I'll say Midwestern goodbye. Because it takes 45 <laughs> minutes to get out the door in the
0: Midwest.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a Southern goodbye. That's a New York goodbye. That's everybody where it's yeah. like you're out the door. You're talking in the driveway. Okay, the car window's rolled the down. The kids are melting with their talking. coats on.
2: I- <laughs> yeah. That's
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So let's enter the spoiler zone. Demon kiss. Mwah. There it was, if, in case you missed it. And for the rest of you who want to hear the book spoilers, who want to hear everything we have to say after this, everything that we've been holding our tongues to say after Goddess this. God you. Yes. Stay after this break, and we will proceed. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us. Send us your thoughts. Email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836. By the way, your carrier rates apply here. Or leave one for free on SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe.com slant demons Discuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com, slant contact, and All that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there, too. Visit our main site, DemonsDomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about All Souls Universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. reread read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep it.
2: All right, what you guys got for the spoiler zone, guys? I can start with the trance commentary we had going on earlier. Yeah. Um, the part where we talk about the history of the book, where she is kind of in a trance when that whole recitation takes place. Mm. The, I cannot pronounce the word. The Anathothoi? Anathothoi? The Anathothoi? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. The, the thousand. It means a It means the thousand. Okay. The yeah. eternal thousand or something. But that portion where she's becoming the book and speaking phrases yeah. as they're coming into her, that was very much, came across in the book as very much a trance. And I think that really would have tightened up the scene and made it bridge better to the other characters. Yeah. And I would, I would, I mean, there, there was certainly a precedent for it.
1: And there was also more of an acknowledgement of her change mm-hmm. yes. when the words were pop up and everybody would notice and see her eyes kind of blink out and words Mm -hmm. go across her eyes. They're like, oh, this chick has been through some shit. Yeah. And (laughs) and
2: it would have been nice to see a little bit of the tattooing. Yeah. Where the
1: branches are peeking out just Mm -hmm. a little bit past her hairline. That would be cool. A little bit on her neck. Yeah. It was another, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was another, it was nine collective creatures saying, okay. Fine. <laughs> sounds good <Sure>. to me.
2: <laughs> oh, wait. This book wasn't what any of us were raised to believe it was, but okay.
1: Okay. It's
2: fine.
1: i <laughs> <laughs> taking a page uh, out of Andrew bo- Angela's
2: yeah. book. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. It, was fine. Just like, it was just like, yeah, I understand we didn't have much time for a uh, recovery montage, but it, it was kind of abrupt. It was like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh. He's okay.
1: It's a miracle. Thank Jesus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's all good. And he was remarkably in good. The thing was, he was in such good humor. Yes, he was. Buck Matthew was so freaking cranky and the worst patient ever.
1: Yes, he was. He was. And he was still kind of limping. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he came out of it, Diana was like using up all her magic to stay awake and yeah. take him up the stairs, and she was getting drained of energy. And Baldwin had to come in. Baldwin or Sarah had to come in and step in and say, "Uh, calm down." You which know? is,
2: which I really like too, because it, in the larger scheme of things, in the book, it was a shout out to caregivers in general. Yes, about yes. the need to take care of yourself. And I, I yes. I love that message
0: in the book. Yeah, true. It was very holistic. I wish that instead of Rilke, they would have found an apropos Shelley piece to read. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. just because that was something yeah, that- Matthew had read and it was in featured in the Book of Life and just yeah. Yeah. Rilke it- was too.
2: Yeah, yeah, Rilke was one of the ones that was featured too. But or Prometheus Unbound would have been good as well.
1: I booked Diana took up the Declaremont spot on the, the congregation. So she was the de facto leader. I like that they didn't do that.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too.
1: I like that they didn't do that. Uh, since Baldwin was stepping down, he was the de facto leader of the congregation. Uh and Diana took over that mantle as the declaremont seat. Mm-hmm. I now that I see the contrast between the TV show and the book, I get you and Jean's statements about the book of life saying Diana became everything that fixes everything. Right. And here they kind of doled it out where it Mm -hmm. needed to go. Like Agatha, head of the congregation. Diana didn't need to step into that spot because I mean, it's like, what doesn't Diana do? And if I were Diana, actually, in the books, I'd be fucking bitter. I'm like, why the fuck are you laying this all on me? I just wanted to be a normal human. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Just, and now I got all this fucking power and you're laying all your problems on me. I gotta be head of the congregation. I gotta be... Replenish it,
2: the witch spe- spells. I replenish miss. all the
1: witch spells. I gotta fucking raise these fucking crazy-ass children, yeah. which you'll see in Times Convert. Uh, they're a handful. Uh, also, I'm in charge of binding any. Of my scion, yeah. if they act up, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I'd be bitter
0: if I were her because they laid a lot on her in the book of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, just and, and she, me, though. She was supposed to be or is an instrument of the goddess, and I'd love that Agatha became almost like justice.
2: Yes, yes, and, and she kind of looked like justice. justice. I mean, yes. she looks yes. like she should have yes. been on the justice tarot card,
1: mm. and I love that she giggled at the end. She's like, huh. Oh my <laughs> no. god,
2: I'm, free, I'm voting for myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so perfect. Look how this turned out. This is fucked up, but okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that even goes that even goes for Baldwin. In the books, it seems like Diana earned his respect, so he would like call her Mm -hmm. sister. I mean, more genuinely at the end. But then in TV Baldwin, you kind of got to see a little bit different side of him, or maybe they just wrote him differently. Like we said about the last episode, that I I don't know. This he seemed more human. I don't know if that's vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, vulnerable. (sighs)
1: Yeah it's like in the books I always got the impression of Baldwin look pal I'm just doing the best I fucking can right okay? I know how to be a warrior you can't let your fucking emotions get in the way of shit yeah we have to do this thing yes I'm sorry that you're upset but we gotta fucking do this thing right
2: here it's like oh well I guess we should do this thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like and the one thing I really love well his arc is his arc and with Baldwin who who knows what would have happened if they had kind in the role and didn't have COVID to deal with. Yeah. I mean, that's a question we'll never have an answer to. But the thing I did love that changed from the book to the show is Domenico's arc.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So much better. He just kind of fell off the fucking page.
2: Yeah. I was going to say Book of Life. He just sort of disappeared. Yeah. And that was a big disappointment to me in the book. Yeah. Because it was like we were all set for oh, more Medico, he's he's bad and this and that. And then he was kind of just like a puppet for Gerber. Dude, he got his own desk in the show, so <laughs> I know, you know, I know. <laughs> and he got some good lines.
0: Yeah, he did. Okay, and you know we all love Gerber because of Trevor Eve. And I'm not willing to explore at this moment in time whether I would have loved Gerber had it not been for Trevor Eve. <laughs> I know. <Yes>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, here's here's the one thing I think even if it hadn't been for Trevor Eve, huh. if they had written him the same way, and, and which is they ignored the bumbling Gerbert that appeared in Book, Book of, of Life. Life that we all laughed at. He was fucking funny though. He was <laughs> he was funny, but he was a bumbler. Yes, yeah. he was. If they would have written him as a bumbler in the show, I don't think we'd feel the way we felt about. Yeah,
0: bad daddy. And it had a, it was a different actor. I'm not I'm not saying I wouldn't have liked Gerbert's character, but because of Trevor Eve, I'm like he can't oh. do he can do no wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> (laughs)
2: He's the worst, really, really terrible, but Trevor made it so much fun.
1: Also, it just seemed like what versus Peter like their character arcs. Yes. Gerber was plotting this and planning this this whole fucking time to the point where Baldwin didn't even know where he's manipulating Baldwin and making him think that, hey, your mm-hmm. family is like falling down the rails. Meanwhile, I'm doing things to make your family fall down the rails and you don't even notice it. Gerber, it felt like at the very end, he miscalculated and missed what the fuck he was dealing with when Diana entered the picture. Versus yeah. Peter saw Diana a different way as a way to make him more powerful. And that was his downfall. I don't know. The arc between the two of them, it's like Gerbert and Peter
2: took opposite approaches. Where and both of them failed. <laughs> both of them failed. Both of their approaches involved underestimating women. Yes. Absolutely. That's where their downfall was. Jane, do you think she was writing that in the Book of Legends? Life. I think she was. In okay. fact, I, I as you were reading it out loud, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. That looks familiar. Yeah, it looks like the stuff that appeared on the first page of the new volume. Right. Okay, let me, let me go back and look at the Book of Life and see what it actually says. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was wondering if it was it verbatim out of the book or not. Yeah, let's see. Mm.
1: And when did she see it? She saw it when
2: she was in the Bodleian, right? Yeah, it was right after that whole. It's when she opened the book during the book heist. Yeah, because uh, Anatoy, the history of Start, it's all in italics. I remember that. Um, yeah. Okay. When they were talking about spirit and spirit and earth and da 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 and had a, right. had a child, blah, blah, blah.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Because it, then it was like it all disappeared and then it start, uh, an unseen hand started writing on the blank page.
1: Yeah. That'll get you close. Andrew Hubbard and Linda Crosby were waiting for us. Okay, here we go. Yeah, scrolling. It's a long chapter, too. Yeah. Okay. Here begins the lineage of the ancient tribe called the Brightborn. Their father was eternity and their mother Change, and spirit nurtured them in her womb. For when the three became one, their power was boundless as night, and it came to pass that the absence of children was a burden to the Athenot. Athenatoi. Athenatoi. yeah. toy. They sought the daughters, discovered that mystery of bloodcraft was known as known to the wise okay. ones. And, yeah.
2: and then if you keep going past that, at the end of that chapter, I think is when it starts writing in the book again.
1: Right. Their love began with absence and desires, two hearts becoming one. When fear overcame the city, it was bathed in the blood of the bright born. Okay. The witches discovered who among them had lain with that. See, that was the blood rage vampire, the Athanatoi? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And thus the bright born became the children of the night. Who will carry the blood of the lion, the wolf? Seek the bearer of the tenth knot, for the last shall once more be the first. Okay. And then an illumination, the uh, colors shining with silver and gold, precious stones crushed into the pigment, bloom from the page. Jack's emblem. Sarah cried. Ah, oh, yeah, I think it might have been the Book of Life. Here contains the lineage of the most ancient Brightborn, Rebecca, Ariel. Yep, yep. It's almost identical.
2: Okay. That's why it sounded familiar
1: then. Yeah. So they took words out of the Book of Life and put it here. So I'm wondering, she's just transcribing what's inside of her onto Maybe. the blank pages of the Book of Life. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. We were comparing the words to Diana... What Diana was writing in that book, I asked Jean if that was the book of life that she was writing in, like transcribing her words back onto mm-hmm. the book of life. We so went into we the went, book and looked. We <laughs> went in the book and looked, and I think that's what she was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: anyway, Angela, you have anything? No,
0: just the the Baldwin, but we've uh, talked about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jean, how about you? It I mean. was mostly Domenico's changed arc, and we've talked about that, too, and it leaves me very satisfied. They're very yeah. satisfied
1: with Domenico, yes. Yes. Very satisfied with Agatha. Diana and Matthew, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Okay. They started as they began. At least they get to live a somewhat normal life with those children. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just kind of scared the whole thing with phoebe will wind up like the whole thing with jillian again but we never saw yeah, her
0: we never again did, though never did get
1: an answer to that <laughs> no we didn't so i don't know i don't know if they're gonna revive something i i don't i don't think they can do it without deb's permission
2: no, no. but it seems like they left a door open if she ever changes her mind yeah she may she may. You never know. Well, anyway, I mean, that's all I had. This was a uh, nice closure yes. to
1: this three-season run. Even though this one really could have used a couple more episodes. Seriously.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But we got to yes too fast for everything for my days. everything. I
1: do think it improved the book for me. Yeah, like I'll read the book now,
2: and the parts I don't
1: like, I'll just <laughs> insert well, the TV parts. Yeah, in that's here. true. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And
2: here, here's the thing. Maybe some readers won't understand where we're coming from. Yeah, given our or I should say listeners with our very strong views on the book of life. Yes. We had a couple of years to like marinate on everything that happened in Shadow of Night and were the objects of a lot of manipulative promotion from the publisher. <laughs> Yes. So we had some expectations going into the Book of Life that may have been misplaced. Also, Book of Life was a very hard book for Deb to write. And and she's said that on many occasions. I mean, she talked about 20 different drafts from 20 different points of view for the first chapter. Yeah. And that was when she wrote that when her dad was sick and a lot was also- going on in her life and... You know, he had also following
1: Shadow of Night. How do you follow up with that?
2: Yeah, he, her father had passed away in the editing mm. while it was all being edited, so I don't know whether she was quite as involved in it as she would have been otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of things I can say for me with the Book of Life. That didn't ring true to me as a longtime reader that necessarily sounded like Deb's voice or Deb's, you know, because it started reading way too YA high fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Which was, wasn't necessarily what we were expecting by that point in time. And, it and wasn't I think,
1: as detailed and intricate for me. Yeah. And that's what I love about Deb's writing.
2: And I think what happened with the TV series for us, it wasn't it tightened up the stuff that needed to be tightened up and made it more complex where it needed to be more complex. Like with the whole idea of um, enemies coming at them from all angles, as opposed to just Benjamin being the big bad. And everybody's working for Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah, And everybody's working for Benjamin. Things like that. So I I think think the
1: difference here is everybody thought that Benjamin was working for them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Gerber, you think Benjamin's working for you? Yeah, you're wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say everybody was making assumptions about who was working for whom, and none of that was true, which was why we were ultimately able to defeat yeah. them all. Yeah, They're, all their hubris was their downfall.
1: They made really good choices in this show. Yes, I think they so. did, and I think with additional episodes, they could have fleshed a lot of it, mm-hmm. like all the all the things that we complained about, mm-hmm. a bit more. But. Us being the TV viewers that we are, having the background of the books, we understand what they were conveying to us. You mm-hmm. want to see it on TV. You want to see it fleshed out a little bit more, but it was yeah. impossible with COVID.
2: And I kind of like the darker tone. Yes, me of too. Of the TV show. Yes. I, 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 I miss the dachshund so freaking much, but I also understand that it just never would have worked. Timothy was great. Oh, he was fantastic. He was great. I was sad to see him die. Oh, this, Peter. see, that's one thing that really upset me is them, fr- you know, they fridged him. Of it course, made me, you fridged the demon.
1: Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> it made me hate Peter even more, which yeah. is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is good. So when Sarah finally took him out, yeah, I, I was good with that. hmm.
2: hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this is the last time we get to say goodbye to you guys on a TV show episode. Oh, uh, yeah. It's been fun.
1: I think we might do a wrap episode after this so we can cover all the letters. Oh, yeah. we have letters, guys. Okay. Yes, we have a couple of letters. Yeah, we do have letters. So who wants to start with theirs? I'll
0: start. Okay. okay. This person says, hi, Demons Discuss. I just wanted to ask if you noticed that in season three, episode four, when they go to T.J. Weston house for the first time, that the route that they took to the house to see him was the reverse journey that Matthew and Diana took in season one, episode three, when he took her to the Woodstock house. I know I'm sad to have realized this, but wondered if you had noticed. So without knowing it, things in the past were so close to them. A remarkable journey. Thank you, ladies, for the great show. Graham Bates. Oh,
1: thank you, Graham. Oh, Oh, my goodness. goodness. I didn't
2: notice that. Wow.
1: Did either of you? No. No. That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go
2: back and look now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That is so cool that actually that you noticed that. That That's so cool. Yeah. No. Like, no, there's a car on the road. All right. Oh, goodness. Well, thanks for that email.
2: Um, Jane, who do you have? Oh, I have one from Deborah, and it has to do with chapter seven. or I'm sorry, episode seven. Episode seven. Where can I find more information about what was discovered about the book of life? I've read book three, but if I remember correctly, there wasn't much information about what all was discovered about the book itself. I also don't see much about it in the world of all souls. I wanted to find out the following. Were the pages truly made out of creature skin? Was the hair of creatures used as bindings of the book? Was blood used for the ink? When and who made the book? What exactly was the purpose of the book? Oh, that's a lot. Um, I know. Well, (laughs) the first three questions, I think we, we do have the answers in the book. And it's actually... In Shadow Shadow of Night, Night. when Matthew is talking about what the book, what the pages in the book are made of, yeah, when when he notes that they used hair, that was hair of the creatures and vampire blood was used mixed in the ink. They could smell it. They, the vampires could smell it. Uh, Yeah. Now, as for when and who the book was made or made the book, Uh stay tuned. That hasn't pulled us yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't know where it originated from.
2: And I think for question five, what exactly was the purpose of the book? Uh, Exactly what they used it for, to bring the creatures back together.
1: Back together and tell them about their origins, where Mm -hmm. they came from and what they need to do to keep surviving, basically.
2: Yeah, And all that genetic information that was encoded in it, which I hope we get a future book where that is all explored as well.
1: Yes. So. so if you're reading Shadow of Night, if you've read Shadow of Night, go back to the chapter where they escape Rudolph's palace. They're on a boat and Matthew is explaining what the yes. book is made out of. And I think I think there's even like powdered bone, too. Yeah. Galgas gives hint of it as they're leaving. It's like, who would make a book of life that smells like death? Emperor Rudolph's chamber. You notice that Matthew is like holding his nose like ugh, mm-hmm. like there's a rotting body there. So, yeah, he was smelling the book of life. So here you go. All right. I have one from Emily B. And this one's chastising a little bit. That's fine. We'll read it about our word choice. And she says, I began listening to your podcast recently because I binged the first two seasons of A Discovery, which is this month. I have greatly enjoyed your recaps. There's one thing that bothered me in your season two recaps when I heard it again this season three, I decided I should write. In my opinion... You should strike the word crackhead from your vocabulary, especially in reference to a woman of color. I do not think that you meant offense, but that term originates from deeply racist and discriminatory drug laws in this country. And beyond the issues with race, we know now that addiction is truly a disease and something that many of your listeners may battle with. I don't think it's a great look to make the comparison of the use of higher magic to drug use in a punchline. Thank you for the show. It's been a very enjoyable listen sincerely, Emily. And Emily, thank you for this letter. I acknowledge what you're saying. I understand that, and thank you for realizing that we do not mean it in that context at all. If you know us, you know there are two women of color sitting on this panel, and we're all children of the 80s, so prior to the politicians taking it and using it as punchlines towards racial differences, I know in 1984, when I used the term crackhead back then, it just meant a crackhead. Someone was addicted to crack. I would say a comparison would be a meth head or something like that. But I mean, crackhead is just something that rolls off my tongue as no offense meant, especially because Emily is depicted by an actor of color. However, when we first read these books, Emily was not a character of color. And we still use the word crackhead. So if that gives you some context, I hope so. Do either of you have anything to contribute to this?
2: Uh, I, I will say for myself, equating Emily's use and addiction, I think, It's too higher magic to the very real addictive qualities of crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. was where we were all coming from at the time, because as a child of the 80s, you've, you heard all about the problem with crack cocaine was that it was cheap and it was immediately addictive. Yes. And, and there, there were it was white people on crack back then, oh, too. Half, half the addicts were, it was pretty much evenly divided by racial lines back in the 80s. The politicians, however, chose to make it, it a racial issue it. and make yeah. it a classist issue because crack cocaine was also far more affordable than, than disco dust. Yes. I was going to say, oh, th- arguably, traditional that cocaine. Could, that could be, be a pejorative term, too. I mean, disco dust, it really <laughs> ages us, though. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It, it does, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where we were all coming from. Uh, at least I can say from my um, understanding is that it was uh, a term that could easily convey the idea of quickly and highly addictive, which was basically... Emily's response to her use of higher magic, if you recall correctly, once she started dabbling in the higher magics, she she couldn't say no. She kept going back and kept doing it again. And it was it was just like that. She jumped back into it and she was immediately addicted. Which it was is, almost like an intervention when Sarah had to intervene. Yeah, and then she still turned around behind her back and went back to use again. Much like a drug user. So, if if anything, it was used in an illustrative, not a pejorative sense. Yes, absolutely.
0: But I do see your point. Yeah. I yes. see your point, yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the observation. I mm-hmm. echo what you guys say as well and apologies because she's probably right again after, I don't know, episode three and yet I think We might have made a reference to Peter Knox as well in the same aspect, and he's a white male. But but no, uh, my mother always said words are things, and it's just Mm -hmm. a reminder to be thoughtful, but that is absolutely not how we intended it you guys explained it perfectly how we were using yes the term. and and we're
2: old and old, oldish <laughs> well i'm just saying compared compared to the the k i think it this came up in the last year or two as yeah. a controversy in the k-pop fandoms and mm-hmm. well compared to the k-pop fandoms i think we can i can safely say i'm an old so yes I, well, I, i'm coming from i am coming from this as a child of the 80s and uh, a child of the 80s who grew up in the in the Detroit area and went to school in downtown Detroit. So yeah, I'm kind of familiar with the uh, scourge of crack cocaine on a yeah. on a society.
1: And I'm very familiar with what politicians will do with words from the vernacular of people, like the word woke. Now you'll see some politicians say, oh, this whole woke culture. You know, woke started out as, hey, pay attention. <laughs> Be woke means, hey, Pay attention. Yeah, wake up and pay attention. Wake up and pay attention to your surroundings, to what's going on around you. And 10 years later, it has turned into this whole talking point where it's like this woke culture. Speaking of maybe liberals or people who...
2: pay attention. attention.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I am very familiar with how politicians use it, but I can assure you that's not the origin of the term crackhead. It's something that we used to talk about and call people who are on crack crackheads <laughs> i mean yeah. that's it
2: uh, yeah. according to in fact that's the oxford dictionary definition it is thank you for making us think about the words we, yeah. use. we always yeah. should and we will in the future absolutely will. thank
1: you for pointing that out and on that note, I think we're going to say goodbye.
2: Goodbye, audience.
1: We'll bye. actually have a wrap-up episode, yes. I think. We'll just talk about the whole thing. But goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Demon kiss. Those of you in the after show, we will uh, start up an after show here in two, three weeks. So, yep. Yay. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes.